I was raised uh, in a very, uh, very weird town. Um, you know, very. If you think about the context of South Georgia, um, some of the stuff that happened in it historically, like that was very real in my town that I grew up in. Grew up there, went to the University of Georgia. Uh, was kind of exposed to a totally different side of life. You know, a totally new world. It, as many of you probably understand, you go from wherever you grew up to you know university life. It's a totally different, totally different. And um, so then after, after I went to UGA, I graduated from there, and I went and I served as a missionary uh, in Calcutta, India. If you guys have ever heard of Mother Teresa, I worked at the, right around the corner from the convent that she worked at. I worked with a hospital slash teaching my degrees in education, uh, taught a small village school over there. And then I came back and I was working at a church summer camp. This thing is really bothering me, I'm so sorry. Can you all hear me? Fine, without this, cool. Um, so I worked at a church summer camp, and I met, listen, here, hear this out, I met this absolutely gorgeous Indian girl, right? I know. And she, uh, we had just gotten done, I was gonna bring pictures to show you, but I couldn't get, I was not good with like technology, once again, obviously from the voice recorder. Um, so I wasn't even gonna mess with the PowerPoint. Um, met her, and I, because of my time I had served in India, I just had a bunch of questions about Indian cuisine, um, saris, curry, all that stuff. And so we struck up a conversation. So basically, you guys understand this. Once you get into your 20s, you know, you start talking to a girl. Talk to him long enough, you just become boyfriend and girlfriend. Hey, you got to keep your shoulders up, man. I'm telling you, you can raise the other hand. You can raise the other hand. Switch off. Tag team. Um, just do yourself in. You got to tag yourself in. Um, and... Uh, so we basically, you know, we started dating, started hanging out, and so we had been dating for about six months, and I was like, hey, listen, it's time to meet your parents, right? Like, that's the normal progression of life. So we go over, I never, I never heard much of anything about her parents, which is frightening. It's something you probably shouldn't do. And we go over to their house from South Georgia, uh, you know, middle-class family, nothing too special, pull into their, like, privately gated subdivision in metro Atlanta, walk up to their family house, which is like this giant metroplex that's like the size of my town. And like you walk in and there is like, um, have y'all ever seen those like fancy, uh, it was literally, have y'all seen the movie Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. That's what I felt like, all right? But I was, I'm not an Asian girl, I'm a white guy. So it was like opposite. And so I'm like walking in, they have like these big arch doors um, they have like a spiral staircase, and I look over to the right, actually to the left, you walk in the front door, all of this like really nice architecture, all this stuff, I walk in, and I look to the left, and there is this um, Hindu temple set up in their house. Um, there's a, a god that's made out of gold, uh, garnished with wood overlay, gold filling, um, I mean, you know, I don't even know how much they spent on this. And my, my girlfriend looks at me and she goes, oh yeah, by the way, they're Hindus. I'm like, thanks. Thanks for letting me know that now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, we, strike up, we strike up a conversation. I meet her parents. Um, they know what I do. I'm a, I'm a missionary. So obviously, like, the complete antithesis of who they are. Um, just become friends with them. Strike up a relationship. Um, we've been dating for... I was actually a little upset. Um, we were... <laughs> We all, we've been dating for almost three years. We were supposed to, she graduated college a couple weeks ago. We were gonna get engaged and she was gonna come here as my fiance, but you know, like her parents wanted to work some things out and then her parents also wanted to take her on a graduation trip. So we couldn't do all that. But 
at the same time, it's, um, I remember after probably two years of being there in their lives, regularly being with them, you know, constantly hanging out with them, all this stuff, I was, we were going to an Easter production, and I was like, hey, why don't y'all come with us? Because I'm thinking, you know, of all things, Easter productions are like the safe, like, go-to kind of thing. And her mom's like, no, 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 like, whatever. And I asked Shale, who, Shale's my girlfriend's name. I'm like, hey, what, why not? And they start talking, and they start talking in Gujarati, which is when I, that's like their native language. And that's when I know they don't want me to know something because they start talking in this foreign language and it freaks me out every time. And um, her mom looks back at her and says, uh, she goes, you know, she goes, whenever we walk into places like that and we have no clue what's going on, no context of anything, she goes, we feel like someone's standing up in the middle of a room with our hand raised the whole time, asking what's happening. You know, think about, is it, you can put your hand down now. Good. Yeah, is it Caleb? You can stand up there. Everyone get on a handcuff. This show is happening on How did you feel the entire time you were standing up with your hand raised? Outside of sore in your shoulders because your hand was raised. Oh, you know, I felt a little uh, alone. Alone? Yeah. Awkward. Awkward? I don't feel awkward at all, but I don't feel awkward in general. But <laughs> <laughs> what else? Um, just kind of like waiting. Yeah. So yeah. What did y'all feel with this guy randomly standing in the middle of the room with his hand raised? Y'all can answer out, listen, there's no, there's no, like, I know, I kept seeing her, like, dart around and stuff. I was like, ah, oh, she can't see, it's whatever. She'll be, she'll be able to see it. Yeah. I don't know, I thought it was a weird flex, but. Oh, yeah, I know. I didn't, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see him before he stood up, and then he stood up. I was like, of course this guy would stand up with his shoulder. He's got traps as big as my head, you know? Like, <laughs> what else? What else did y'all feel like having someone stand up like that? Sorry for him. Sorry for him, yeah. You feel awkward knowing that they have no clue. You know, and what's, what's funny is there are, I feel like this is a reality that there are people like that in our lives day in and day out who we feel emotion for, who we feel awkward for, and they feel awkward for as well. Like they feel awkwardness and tension in the situation, and they have no clue what's going on. But at the same time, you know, I, and I don't mean this as a, as a bash, it's just a reality moment. You know, none of us stood up and helped him hold his hand up. None of us walked over and were like, hey, we'll raise our hands with you so we can be awkward too. You know, we kind of, and this is what we do in our everyday lives. We sit still, we kind of like embrace the awkwardness. We're like a little scared to go out and do that stuff. And so kind of the goal of, of this class is to kind of talk uh, just for a few minutes um, about my idea is basically this talk to you for a few minutes about why we shouldn't be that way and then talk to you a few minutes about just some of the stuff I've observed or learned or have kind of adjusted to in the time period of knowing growing up and knowing being in a deep relationship with people that are completely opposite completely outside of my, my social group, or completely outside of my normal comfort zone. Um, and so the first thing I, I want to talk about is that um, I think that there are, are countless social groups, uh, and this social group can be any sort of construct that we have in our, in our sphere of influence. You know, so what are, and you guys, uh, once again, listen, you guys can talk say whatever you want, raise your hand, all that stuff, whenever, it's not going to bother me. What are some social groups that you guys see 
um, in our world right now, in America, we'll narrow it down to America, but what are some like different social groups? And this can be a variety of things. Emos. What? Emos. Emos, yeah, like the people who wear all black and eyeliner, those kind of folks. Yeah, listen to screamo music, you know, all that stuff. Special wear boots, all, what? Special needs people. Special needs people, yeah, for sure. You know, my, um, my cousin is autistic, um, but he's mildly autistic, if any of you know anyone with Asperger's, my cousin. Uh, yeah, my cousin has Asperger's. He went to a university um, in uh, Missouri. He went, uh, he talks about how he went six weeks without speaking to another person. You know, and like he's, he's comfortable, he loves that. Like I, you know, which is so daunting to think about. But um, yeah, so special needs people, what else? What other social groups? What? Party goers, yeah. Party, listen, partying is its own culture. Especially if you go to, uh, like, UGA is a big party school. They have their own culture, their own social group. What else? Gamers. Gamers, for sure. I don't know who said it. Fortnite? Dude, there's, Fortnite is like a cult nowadays. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, someone was talking to me about skins the other day, how they were buying skins. I was like, we have, I'm from South Georgia. We have a very different context when we say buying skins than what you guys are talking about. <laughs> What else? What are some other? Someone said something. Athletes. Athletes. Yeah. Are there any athletes in the room? Any any like on scholarship athletes in the room? So we have a we have a girl on our swim team who's an Olympic swimmer, and it's terrifying how much work they do. You know, like going to Alabama, you guys have a bunch of really top tier athletic programs, not football, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but y'all, Nerf Alabama. Nerf Alabama. They're their own. They're a culture. And Nerf people are a culture in and of themselves. If you guys have HVZ folks at your school, I mean that Alabama's overpowered and he's like a bad player. Oh, yeah. All right. What other? What are some other social groups? Yeah. LGBTQ. Yeah. Very true. Very true. They are their own community. What else? I know. Like I'm from. Morning, so we have the, the craft academy that lives on campus, which is basically like exceptional high school students. So they're they're from ages like 15 to 18, um, and they they live on campus and take those classes. So they're their own like like all the rules and stuff for them. Yeah, yeah, that sounds dual enrollment kids. That's a definitely yeah, dual enrollment kids. They're their own class. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, politicians. Politicians. Do any of y'all have any politicians in your in your Kiowa groups? They're the most awkward people I've ever encountered in my life. All they do is argue with you about everything. Do y'all want to go to cookout tonight? Well, actually. <laughs> what else? Let's try to think of maybe two or three more. Yeah. Muslims, yeah, for sure. Internationals, yeah. Church people. Church people. Hey, listen, church kids are completely different than people that are, are saved in your ministry. Yeah, it's a thing. So there's this thing called tribalism, which is basically this fancy word for this idea that whatever group you belong to, you believe is better than everyone else's. You know, it's this idea that like, oh, we're, we're church kids, so we're better than everyone else. Or, you know, um, or we're Alabama, so we're better than everyone else. That's completely no, that's false, true. you know. That's true. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's this idea that, like, whatever group or whatever, you know, social setting or whatever demographic kind of thing we belong to, 
we're better than everyone. And I think that sometimes that the enemy, Satan, really does enjoy taking us and polarizing us in that way. Creating this kind of us versus them mentality. You can definitely see it. Um, I don't know, I, I'm assuming this kind of transcends to every university. I know on our university right now, there is, uh, once again, we're in Georgia. Uh, you may not have heard me talk about this before, but we are, um, UGA is 94% of our students are from the state of Georgia. So about 50% of our um, scholarship students are agricultural based. So, you know, Southern, a lot of them are politically are conservative, and then we have a lot of very liberal arts that are politically liberal, and there has been some, like, I mean, hardcore arguments. Like, they'll get together in the middle of our free speech area and just yell at each other for hours on end. And um, I think that there's something, there's something about that that is carnal, but there's also something about that that affects our spiritual lives that we have to be very weary of. Because I think that, you know, there would be nothing that would make Satan happier than all of us kind of get into our own little groupings and then polarize everyone else. You know, make it us versus them. And if you think about it, you know, throughout, throughout the Bible, Jesus kind of compels us to have this kingdom mindset. Where it's not about us or mine or ours, but it's about his kingdom. It's about his glory. It's about bringing him honor and bringing him praise. You know, so what are, if you guys think through the Bible, I want y'all to think for a little bit. Um, I know all of y'all are biblical scholars. Um, what are some examples throughout the Bible where we see, you know, maybe not even Jesus, but maybe throughout the Bible where we see people stepping out of their typical social groups or their typical, the typical, like, known conventions? Go ahead. Paul, yeah, what happened? That's a great example. I'm, I'm just, I want you to clarify for people. Yeah. So here, he first of all started off playing with Jews. Then God basically blinded him to his glory. Yeah. And literally blinded him. Just wait a little while. Someone will pick you up eventually. Yeah. And then do this kind of event. You can believe it and start spreading out the gospel. Yeah. 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 When, I mean, he was the uh, self proclaimed Jew of Jews and then goes out and starts re, uh, reaching Gentiles. What else? That's right. What is it? Good yeah, perfect. What's, uh, what happens in there? charge it to me later when I come back. Completely against the social norms of that day. What else do we see? Let's try to let someone else. Sorry, was someone answering back there? The woman at the well. Woman at the well, yeah, very true. Do you remember what happens there? Yeah, so um, basically Jesus was in town with his disciples, and all the disciples were gone, and he was just trying to kill him out of his will, and he died, I Jesus, Jesus 
I don't know if we can say that on the recording, but whatever. You know, you said it. I'd mean, like you to know that that was not said by me. <laughs> Yeah. And so then he starts talking to her. And he tells her that she has value and that he loves her. And she's like, I can't wait to even talk to somebody. But then when she breaks out of her state of shock, she's like, Thank you. And he's like, You're welcome. Just go and go visit. Yeah. What else? Let's try to think of maybe two or three more. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We'll go. We'll go in the back, and then we'll come up to you. Does that work? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. If you read, if you read the book of Jonah, he gets extremely angry when God saves him, which is like the funniest thing. It's like God, you did what you said you were going to do. How could you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. What's your name? Hope. Hope. Nice. Hope. I said nice to meet you. I haven't introduced myself. I'm BJ. Nice to meet you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hope. Shadrach, Yeah. What about them? How King Nebuchadnezzar wanted everyone in the kingdom to bow down to an idol. But they didn't want to do that. They got sent to the fiery furnace. And they survived it. And everybody was shocked by what happened. Yeah. When you guys think about the. Um, the Great Commission. Who knows what the Great Commission says? Yeah, I was, y'all all hesitated, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> y'all are supposed to know this. <laughs> well, uh, who knows? Someone raise your hand, so it's not a bunch of people. Go ahead. Yeah, baptizing of all nations. Baptizing in the name of... Yeah, good. You know, Jesus compels his disciples to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He doesn't compel them to go to where it's comfortable. He doesn't compel them to go, you know, just to where they think they should go. He tells them to go everywhere. And I think that we should share that same kind of, same kind of calling. But when we go to, to reach out to people, we have to remember that they're people. You know, um, and a few things, uh, I just have a bunch of bullet points that um, I kind of want to, say before, just different stuff Honest, honestly this is not like a foolproof like follow these steps and you'll you know make disciples of all nations kind of thing but it's one of those things where in the past few years of befriending um, people and growing to love people that are outside of my faith outside of my social group outside of my um, economic group outside of my demographic some of the things that I've learned um, the first thing is, uh, and this is a common saying uh, in Chi Alpha, in certain Chi Alpha circles, and simply this, it's simply trust over doubt, um, which sounds weird when it comes to relationships, but there are a lot of times where I've built a relationship with them and I have to, to trust that they believe in that relationship as much as I do. Um, there are a lot of times where you know, when you're engaging with people, you want to doubt everything that's going on. You know, you want to not believe that what, what you're doing and what you're giving yourself for is, is truly worth it. And I think that you have to trust uh, two things. You have to trust that the Lord has called you to be with that person. Because the Lord's called us to be with everyone. And then I think you also have to trust that you're doing things holistically. 
Um, trust that you're doing things with the right heart. Um, kind of the second thing is, uh, and this one's kind of a little, a little deeper, um, and this was something that was hard for me, is I had to learn how to be a friend before I was their savior, um, which is a hard lesson to learn. I come from a ministry family that is, uh, is anyone else in here a pastor's kid by any chance? Ah, uh, PKs, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I come from a, a father who is, we are very different giftings. Um, are any of your parents like absolutely gifted in the gift of evangelism? You know, like my dad will walk up to a total stranger and declare the realities that like hell is awaiting their eternal like destiny if they don't accept Jesus Christ. I'm like, how do you have this much bravery, you know? And I remember first walking into uh, like some friendships with people and not even, not even my girlfriend's family, but just people that weren't followers of Christ. Um, different backgrounds, different faiths. Um, and I remember one of the things that I tried to do is I tried to plug in spiritual conversations, I mean, right from the get-go. And I, it was all intentional. Like, it was all like, you know, I remember I sat down with this guy. He's one of my closest friends now. His name is Z. I can't pronounce his real name, and he just tells us to call him Z. But he, um, he's from uh, Pakistan. And I remember talking to him, and... I, one of the first conversations we ever had was, I was like, where are you from? And he was telling me a little bit. And I was like, so what do you believe in as far as like God and stuff? And I remember he instantly put up this giant barrier because he knew he had been talked to so many times about faith in such a wrong way that he, um, he just put up this giant barrier that took months to break down. I remember, uh, I think a lot of times we go into things and I think we have to have that mindset of, I want to witness this person. I want to lead this person to the Lord. But we also have to have that mindset of, I really want to be this person's friend. Um, and not just, because you're going to have those people that come into your life um, that you invest hours upon hours upon hours in. And you pour out your heart trying to lead them to the Lord, and they still just resist. Um, one of the, I tell my students this all the time, one of the hardest realities that I've ever had to swallow as a Christian is that Jesus, who Jesus was pretty good at doing this whole Jesus thing, um, walked life for three years with disciples, 12 guys. It, I mean, you guys understand discipleship, poured deeply into them. And then at the end of his life, one of them betrayed him for minuscule amounts of money and hung himself. And one of the hardest realities I ever had to swallow was that reality that, you know, you're going to have people that you pour a lot into, that you try your best, and you still, in our minds, we still fail. Um, and it's hard, and it's difficult, but it's going to happen. Um, I hope it doesn't, actually. I hope that all of you are superhuman, you know, disciples and can lead everybody you meet to the Lord. Um, but when it does, you have to be, be mindful that you're, where your goals are and where your heart is. Um, kind of the, the second thing, or the third thing, I guess, uh, is celebrate the differences. Um, as weird as it sounds, I've discovered a great strength in celebrating the fact that they're vegetarians and like, they wear like, colorful clothes. You know, I have a full, if you've ever seen Indian attire, it's awesome. Because it's literally like uh, joggers, but they're like not like constricting joggers. They're like big, flowy. Have you guys ever seen Aladdin? 
Whenever I dress up with them, I'm dressed like Aladdin, except I have a shirt on, and it's awesome. You know, like they don't just wear just vests, but like you wear like these huge, they're called kurtas, they're like these huge, you know, robes and stuff. And there's something that's special to them about when I celebrate who they are and participate with who they are. And, you know, we don't try, I say this, don't try to, to gloss over, you know, understand that there are differences in cultures and differences in people. But try to grasp those and try to work towards understanding all of those. You know, you talk about, we talked about the different social groups. I don't understand people who play Fortnite for like five hours a day. Does anyone in here do that? Y'all sit, y'all go home and play Fortnite for long periods of time? Y'all are special human beings because I feel like that's all of our students. Um, you know, like, I don't, I don't get it. How many of you, are any of you in here Xbox people or PS4 people? Like you spent, what? PlayStation Nation. You know, like you go home and play. Any of you in here Netflix people? What about Hulu? Hulu. Hulu Spotify. Hey, that student deal, man. You can't go wrong. Four ninety nine. Showtime. Showtime to it now. What? Amazon Prime. Hey, listen. Amazon Prime has some of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my life. I'm a history major, so I'm like weird about. Are you history and education? I am. Oh my gosh! What in the world? So I. There are different groups like that that we don't, you don't understand each other. You know, don't take this wrong, history people, are any science people in the room? You science people do not understand me. Like you think you do, but you don't get it. I can go into a museum and walk around for hours and all of you will look at, yeah, like you're shaking your head right now. You're like, no, that sounds terrible. You know, but you walk in and you get like a Bunsen beaker or whatever you call it, and you'll have, a, you can nerd out for four hours. You know? Y'all listen, I almost failed chemistry when I was in Bunsen burner? Yeah, Bunsen burner. Bunsen burner. Don't you burn a beaker on it? Beaker, whatever. I know, listen, it counts, alright? Let's talk about World War One. We'll be fine with that. You know? Um, and so I there's things that you have to understand, but you have to realize that there are gonna be differences. But you have to celebrate those. You have to learn what's called a Bunsen burner and you have to learn what it does. And you're probably gonna have to learn about like someone talking about random stuff in history for hours on end that you don't like. Or you're probably gonna have to learn to talk Listen, I had a four-hour conversation. I'm not a movie person at all. I had a four-hour conversation about Bollywood the other night. All right? If you guys know anything about Bollywood, like, it's unreal how extensive that culture is. But at the same time, I remember at the end of us having a conversation about Bollywood, we had a conversation about what, what I did for fun. And I sat back and I told them about how um, some of the South Carolina people might know this name, Andrew Murray, who's an old dead guy, if you guys are like avid readers. I was talking about how I was reading this book by Andrew Murray, and I was telling him about how he's talking about prayer and how it's redefining my philosophies on prayer. You know, and there's a, a side where you have to realize there's going to be differences, but if you celebrate and honor and respect those and you try to actually learn about them, then it opens up doors that you would never even imagine would be there. Um, kind of the second thing, um, this is something, I, I'm a mildly confrontational person, which means that like, I have no problem like talking to people about really awkward stuff, um, 
but and this is something that some people may not be you know may be absolutely terrified about but you have to uh, engage and embrace the challenges you know uh, this sounds I remember the first time that I realized that I wasn't going to understand every word that my I call my mother and father-in-law they're not my mother and father-in-law yet but like every word that they said Shreed and Bharat that's their names when I realized in every English word they ever said you know and I remember my parents when they first met uh, my mom is from my mom is like a quintessential southern woman all right like so her favorite meals are fried chicken and green beans with bacon cooked in them you know um, and my dad is like this um, he has like a PhD in theology very like chronological thinker kind of guy. My dad goes to bed by 9 o'clock. If you know anything about Indian culture, they eat dinner at 10 p.m. for some reason. I don't know why. But we, I remember the first time they met, they were like, let's go get dinner. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, great, this is perfect. My mom doesn't like spicy foods, and my dad's going to be asleep by the time they go, we go eat. And so uh, anybody else get grouchy at night? When you, uh, when like you're ready for bed and people are keeping you up for no good reason, you know, like that's my dad. <laughs> and so we're sitting there. We go to an Indian restaurant. It's 10 o'clock at night, and we go to an Indian restaurant and we're eating really spicy curry, which is just kind of a funny thing to imagine white people eating spicy curry at 10 p.m. <laughs> and I remember, I looked at my parents when we were walking in, and I said, "Listen, I said you guys have to really push right now." Like you're gonna have to really embrace that this is a challenge, and that this is a circumstance that you're gonna have to work through. And y'all, you know, my parents were like champs. My mom was like begging the lady. She's like, "Listen, I need you to bring me a pitcher of water, and I need you to make this as mild as possible." And my dad's like, "Do y'all have any coffee? I need like seven cups of it before we even get started." And uh, you know, I laugh about it because it was a funny situation, just in general. But at the same time. When you can sit back and when there are challenges and circumstances, like when you can push through those and really embrace them and work through them as a person who's really working hard to make a friendship, you'd be amazed at the, the abilities and the inroads that you have. You know, the ability that you have to, to smooth over very rough circumstances or very rough situations. You know, our parents were meeting for the first time, which is, if you guys, is anyone in here engaged? Some of you, you are? Congratulations. I'm jealous of you. Yeah. Is she, um, is she here? She is, yeah. Is she, I mean, in this room? No, okay. That guy, I thought that guy had his arm around you for a second, and I was like, that's really awkward. Um, but, uh, so, um, that's why I clarified, is she in this room? Um, so, uh, you know, there's this, there's this side where, um, if you ever, if, do you remember when your parents met for the first time? Have your parents met? That'd be super awkward if they haven't. Um, you know, it's like, it's scary, isn't it? And so I remember it was like, it was truly this terrifying moment, you know, of like, what in the world is about to happen? You know, all this stuff. And I remember by my parents just pushing through and being like, no, we really want to accommodate you. Like, let's go to an Indian restaurant. You know, we can eat dinner whenever you're ready. You know, they drove, all this stuff. It really smoothed over a lot of those very difficult challenges. And I think this happens in our everyday lives. One of my, um, one of my closest friends is from, uh, he's from just outside of Ethiopia. I remember the first time, uh, one of his, uh, he's weird about like, 
he'll go, he doesn't have a cell phone. So he like, for some reason, like believes that he should be off the grid. He's one of those weird people. Have you ever seen uh, Parks and Recreation? Is any Parks and Recreation people in here? Ron Swanson? Yeah. He's the Ethiopian Ron Swanson. And he literally, he doesn't, like he doesn't believe that, um, you know, people should know where he is. Doesn't, I don't know if he even has a bank account. Like I've only seen him paying cash and stuff. And we've been friends for like nine years. And um, I remember the first time, like I, we were like working through those. You know, and he's like, man, he's like, this is just me. You're going to have to live with it. And I remember it's like, do you know how hard it is to get in touch with someone who doesn't have a cell phone? You know, like I was sending him emails for the first few years that we were friends. And, uh, but I remember like working through all of that has made our relationship so much stronger. You know, working, if you guys think, if you guys have ever had boyfriends or girlfriends, like working through those challenges at the beginning, you know, whatever they are, maybe communication, personality differences, love language differences, you know, working through those only builds your relationship. And it also works with people in different groups. Um, another thing, um, and, and this, is kind of, this is kind of our motto uh, for our, uh, our ministry, is know who they are and know who you are. Um, whenever, whenever you're engaging people that have different belief systems than you, of, of any sort, um, we talked about all those social groups, of any combination, um, you first off, you have to know who they are. Um, one of the, the weirdest situations I've ever been in, remember I sat down with um, Shreda and Brat, my girlfriend's parents, a couple months ago. I was talking to them about just random stuff. We were talking um, over dinner one night, and I made a comment about uh, how many how many like Christians do they know? Or how many people do they know that are Christians besides like me and my family? And her dad looked at me and her dad said, um, oh, we don't, we don't have, we've never had a conversation with a Christian before. And they've lived here for 22 years. Um, they moved here from India, they've lived here for 22 years. And I was like, what do you mean like you've never had a conversation with a Christian before? And he goes, oh, and they don't, they're not, they're from India, so they don't understand the culture. Like in the South, everybody's a Christian, right? They don't understand that. And so he's like, yeah, he's like, nobody, he's like, I've never had a conversation with someone who has um, been like, oh, I'm a Christian. Let me tell you about Jesus before. And one of the the weirdest, anyone outside of uh, my girlfriend and I, and I remember having that conversation with him, and I was like, man, people really haven't invested in your life at all. He's like, no. He's like, you know, we, they work in a business that has same customers. They've had customers that have gone through their business for decades that are, that are avid followers of the Lord. You know, at least they are on their Facebook. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and they've never had a conversation with them about who Jesus is. I say that to say, it's hard, it's hard to, to build relationships with people if you don't know who they are, or you don't know where they come from, or you don't know their beliefs or their passions or their heart. So when I say, like, know who they are, you're supposed to know who somebody is. You know, if you really want to invest in people, you have to know who they are. Um, but on the flip side of that, you also have to know who you are. You have to be founded and grounded and rooted in your faith. Um, you know, you can't just kind of go at it on a whim and be like, oh, I'm just going to kind of go and try this and do my best and, you know, whatever. 
because you'll find yourself engaging with people and having to face hard questions, having to face different circumstances. You know, about, once again, about a variety of things. I'm not just talking about religion, but about, you know, insert any tense question, you might have to answer it. And you could be the only answer that that person's ever had from a Christian perspective. Um, so you have to know who you are. Um, kind of in closing, we're going to kind of wrap up. Um, one of the one of the things uh, I know South Carolina. We were talking about this before. South Carolina kind of comes from this background of uh, from this place called Sam Houston, where they have a bunch of truisms. We we're talking about some of the truisms before, where they have like little slogans or mottos. I don't even know what you would call them. Uh, that just kind of uh, mean a lot. And one of the things they always say is uh, love and laughter plows hard hearts. And I think that that's probably the biggest takeaway that you could take away from something like this, is that you know when you're engaging different people um, from a variety of you know, racial, religion, uh, ethnic backgrounds, um, love and laughter really can break down a lot of barriers. Um, can really get a lot of inroads that you would never, never even imagine. Um, and I asked you right before I asked Caleb to raise his hand for a ridiculous amount of time. I asked all of you to kind of think through your five closest friends. And I want you to look at that. Um, I made a list uh, probably about five years ago. Um, once again, I came from Perry, Georgia, middle of nowhere. Um, I made a list of my five closest friends. And to be honest with you, they were all white Christian people from my home church. And I was like, this is really awkward. You know, like my, all of my influence is the exact same perspective as I am. And um, I think sometimes we have to do stuff like that to realize where our scope is. You know, if you look at that five closest friends thing and you realize that you have no alternative perspectives, you have no different personalities, you have nothing that is causing you to have any diversity in thought or action or perspective. You may need to evaluate that. You know, one of our, and Belkis is back there, one of our hearts is, one second, one of our hearts is like diversity in Chi Alpha. You know, you need to have perspectives that come into your life. You know, I tell you, I one of my closest friends is from Ethiopia. He has changed my perspective about all sorts of stuff. Um, and once again, we talked about knowing who you are, not anything, you know, like, that causes a catastrophe or anything like that, but it just caused me to see stuff outside of my typical South Georgia, you know, white middle class perspective. And I think that we all need to have that. You know, you all have, if you're at a university, I know most all the universities in here, I don't know Santa Fe, Santa Fe College, but like, yeah, all of you have a, a very eclectic group at your university. Um, and you need to engage them. You need to be active, you need to be passionate. And it, you know, it takes work, it takes hard times. 